Okay, so I promise I'm not going to do this every time we sign on by saying, ah, episode number 19, episode number 20, episode number 21. <laughs> but it is worth noting this is episode 25. So wow. somewhat of a... Yeah, somewhat 25. Of a Man, that's insane. I know, right? Isn't I it? mean, honestly, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. You'd think we'd be so much better at this by now. <laughs> so true. It's like still so awkward, right? It's like... <laughs> Is anyone going to listen to this? Like, we're 25 in. It's like, still, what are we doing? All 10 of you, man. I'm excited to see you guys again. That was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite lines so far of the entire show. We, we were like 10, maybe 15 episodes in. And I and, and I don't know what we were talking about. And all of a sudden, I'm like, do you, anything, do you think anybody watches the show? I mean, and and, and you, you, didn't even, you didn't even hesitate. You're like, I think five people watch the show. <laughs> I think I actually think we have doubled that. <laughs> yeah, we're up to ten. We're, maybe, we're in I, double digits, baby. Maybe twenty. Maybe. Yeah, we got several <laughs> likes over the last few weeks. So, <laughs> I've tried. I've tried not to. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm. Uh, I'm proud of my daughter. She actually turned off her notifications, so she still posts on social media. But you know, for the kids, especially especially for teenagers, she's 17 yeah. years old. So, um, and she wouldn't mind me telling you this. Um, you know, it's all about the likes and the number right. of likes they get, you know, they, they can put something out there and it gets 290 likes, but you know, they put out something else and it gets 418 likes. Right. So now, now you've set the new bar, right? So every time you put something on social media, on Instagram, you think it's going to get 400 and something likes. Right. So if something only gets 280 likes, then you're disappointed. So, so the kids get literally neurotic. Yeah, with the number of with with the number of likes, so she actually turned off her notifications and she's just posting. And uh, she said it's actually made her feel better. I'm I'm proud of her for that. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine growing up like that? I mean, no. what what is our correlation to that? I'm trying to think. I don't think we have anything that really you can say that was that for us. I'm trying I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess it would be phone numbers we knew. Of friends, maybe. I remember I got a little bit of anxiety with the yearbook because for me, I don't know if the, if it was this way for you and Stacy <laughs> in high school, but at the end of the year, yeah, everyone would sign your yearbook, right? right? And the popular kids had, I mean, just pages in the back of right. "You're a stud." You're well. <laughs> the big thing that, like, the big thing you wanted to hear. This is gonna sound really stupid. But the big thing that, that you wanted to hear, maybe this is just an Iowa thing. Did you guys ever use the word hose? Like, if you were a hose, you were a good-looking guy. Like, you were a stud if you were a hose. No, that, that, that's so Midwestern. So I, looking back on my yearbook, yeah. you know, hey, Jeff, you're such a hose, blah, 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 blah. You know, hearts, hugs, and kisses, Trisha, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I never got stuff like that. I got, you're so funny. <laughs> you're such a nice guy. <laughs> you're, you're such so a sweetie. Funny. Yeah. You're such a good yeah. friend. Have a great summer. I love having you as a friend. Yeah, you're the best. I know I can always trust you. Yeah, you're so nice. Yeah. But yeah, so I remember getting a little bit of anxiety, you know, because I wanted to get a bunch of signatures in the back of my yearbook. Um, and I remember, you know, I remember passing notes, um, telephone calls. It always felt like the popular kids got a lot of telephone calls. You know, like if, if you know, you were home and... No one was calling you. I don't know. I don't know if any of that equates or not. Yeah, because I had my own. I had my own line. My mom wasn't. She just couldn't deal anymore. So I had yeah. my own number. 
Oh, wow. That's big time. Yeah, man. My, my parents phone. would not have trusted me with that. Absolutely. I was getting nothing done. Ah, that's really good. Seriously, that because what my parents would do, and, and I found this out later in my high school years, is uh, do you remember how you could? So I had I actually got to the point where I got my own phone yeah. in my room, and that oh, was yeah. a big deal. But it was still tied into the home phone. So my mom, you know, would would pick up the phone downstairs in the kitchen, keep her, and this is good. This is gonna blow the minds of any young cornhole players <laughs> who are watching our show. They're gonna be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> so the phone receiver would you know, you know you put the phone receiver down and it would click that little button, right? Yeah. So my mom would would pick up the phone off the receiver but she'd hold the button down so she'd pick up the phone and then gently lift up on oh, the little, so she could listen in yeah yeah and all of a sudden she hears me talking with stacy or something like that yeah and and she can totally listen as long as she's quiet oh, yeah. i can't even tell that she's picked up and oh, she would yeah. listen to my conversations i remember that game yeah yeah yep. oh yeah yeah i i was spoiled man I was super spoiled. I had a pool in the backyard. Oh my god! And, and I had my phone. Actually, it was a float phone, <laughs> cordless. You were you're like living like a rock star. Was, yeah, I my Dude, teenage I mean, that, years. That was that was that was unheard of back then. That was baller, bro. That was pretty sick. <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. I, yeah, you know, just just strolling out to the pool with my phone. You know, so spoiled. Didn't even realize it was like that big of a deal, right? It was just something you did. So do you feel, do you feel like, like, cause I felt like this as a dad, did you feel like you got that kind of stuff because of, because we've talked about your background before. Do you feel like you got that stuff or they felt like they wanted to spoil you a little bit just because of how rough your early childhood years were? No, I mean, you know, we, we were pretty financially secure during those times. I mean, okay. it was, you know, I grew up pretty spoiled and it was you know i don't think it was that much of a stretch to do things like that you know what i mean i you know and i yeah that's i think and i think my mom was kind of interested by gadgets like i think she was kind of fascinated by new technology back then you know like we had a we had a camcorder not that either one of us really liked to film things but we had one because it was kind of the new thing you know so i think she was just kind of fascinated by some of that and i loved it you know it was cool i had my own phone and you know it had this little you know, basically it's a little, little rubber strap that you put around it and it made it float in the pool and it, it was waterproof, right? It wasn't that's like, amazing. It wasn't like science, like it wasn't like this super expensive thing, but it was it was cool. It was pretty cool to have. No, but I don't think there was any real reason like, oh, he needs these things because he doesn't didn't have this. I think it was yeah. just, oh, we can do this. It's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? That yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering, like I, f- I feel like I and and I think this is totally um common but i feel like after after my kids mom and i went through divorce i i always feel like there's a little bit of an arms race that goes on yeah you know just because of the guilt that you feel like you know, you've caused right <laughs> right so it's, it's very it's very normal i think i think it happens quite a bit everyone says they're going to try to avoid it but it's it's tough i think i think what my mom did to try to be like you know, the father and the mother kind of thing. Like I remember one time she took me to see the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Cause I, I grew up a big Steelers fan, you know, and I think I was like 11 God, or 12. What the hell? How are we even friends? I'm yeah. a Cowboys fan. You grew up a Steelers uh, fan. I'm uh, Kansas. You're Carolina. Well, what the, here's the thing. Growing up in Charlotte. How is this ever going to last? Yeah, well, growing we're going to be divorced Charlotte, within a yeah, year. On, on, sure. on, t- on TV, 
You either had to watch the Redskins if you were watching the NFC, or it was basically the Steelers if you were watching AFC, right? Those were the teams. And then the Cowboys would be on like the afternoon game, yeah. right? And, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. I mean, that was just such a big deal to me as a kid. So, I mean, I just became a Steelers fan. And that's, why, I was, that's why I was a Cowboys fan, because in Iowa, I mean, it was basically, I mean, you, you're talking about back in the days when we were younger, where it was basically the game of the week. And yeah. we always got the Cowboys. That's yeah, I think the whole country. That's why they were America's team, right? The whole country, yeah. unless you were in your certain like now, there's so many teams that you basically get your team, mm-hmm. and, and then you'll get you know that the afternoon game is still the big game, right? But it wasn't like that when we were younger, you're right? No, you know, unless you lived in an NFL town, which I did not. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Atlanta was a lot closer than DC, but we were in the DC market. Yeah, the Redskins, the Redskins, the Redskins had and still do have the foothold. I mean, they have that stronghold on the Mid-Atlantic and and much even into the Southeast. I mean, North Carolina yeah. was 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 probably considered Redskin country it before was. the Panthers came along. I, absolutely it was. Yeah. And so, I mean, and the Falcons were only three hours away from Charlotte. Didn't matter. We were getting Redskins game. We weren't getting Falcons games. Yeah. And so, you know, and Falcons were terrible, so no one really cared anyway, but yeah. I guess the Steve Bartkowski years weren't bad there for a while. But anyway, yeah, so it was Steelers and Redskins, usually early games, and then everyone could watch the Cowboys late. Right. Yep. So I I, I chose Steelers. And, you know, obviously grew up when they, you know, dominated, right? So it was kind of easy to like. Oh, yeah. You know, for sure. I mean, they won four good. Super Bowls in six years from the time I was four to ten, right? So that was just made it super easy. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, sure. Well, hey, um, so, all right, so here's the deal. So this week, because there's been so many times where we log on and literally even even 10 to 15 minutes before we come on, I'm like, what the hell are we going to talk about? <laughs> and uh, so this week I actually started, when I thought of things during the week, I just started writing them down. So I just wrote down like just random shit to talk about. Nice. So I, I don't, I don't know. I know, I know we need to get to meet Jeff and Bernie and we're going to kind of dive into a kind of a little bit more serious topic when it comes to that today. But first of all, um, actually, even before that, how are you feeling? I know you and I were texting today. Are you feeling, Man, any, I, feeling any better today? This, some sort of crud. Actually, I do feel better a little bit now because I okay, got up good. and walked around. And I think just, you know, you don't want to get up and move around because you feel so bad. But the actual yeah. getting up and moving around kind of loosens everything up in your head. Helps. But uh, my girlfriend, Julie, got something. And it's it's she's had it a lot worse than I have and for longer but I got some piece of it, some head piece of it. So it's, it's been a rough few days. Yeah. How is uh, yeah. she today? She was, she was pretty bad the other day. She's, when I was talking to you. she's struggling through, man. You know, wow. and I, I think it's any time that you work in schools or medicine, you're just around it. You're yeah. around all the illnesses all the time. But no COVID. You said no she was COVID. negative. No, no COVID. She's never gotten it. I mean, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's like, you know, triple vaccinated, all that kind of stuff. But she never got it before any of that stuff was out when I got it. So by all mm-hmm. rights, she should have gotten it. Yeah. I, I, I think one day that we will find that certain people just are immune. I was telling you when we we're talking about it the other day, Kathy has, and I mean, knock on wood, Kathy has not had it. And she thinks, I mean, she was a nurse for, for gosh, 20 something years. And yeah, actually, she, she still keeps her license. She still is a nurse. Um, she swears it's something with blood type, so, something in somebody's blood type. She's O positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true or not. 
but she swears it's something with the blood type because we, I mean, everyone in the family, I thought I was the last one to get it. And then when I got in January, um, I mean, everyone's had it, but her. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, around our office, there was quite a few of us got it and then one or two of us didn't. Right. And mm. those people Strange. should have, should have gotten it, but did. Yeah. What, what is the reason for that? I mean, I, and it's funny, I think when they did the research, they did a lot of the research on people that did have it. Right. So they could study how it worked, you know, and, and how it, you know, how it manifested within people. I think they should have been studying those people that should have gotten it. Like what, what do they have that's keeping them from getting sick? Yeah. Yeah. The people who were in contact, like you're saying, yeah. who should have gotten it. Why didn't they? Right. Yeah. That's a great question. But I mean, who's who's going to spend the time on that, right? Hey, do you mind coming in so we can run some crazy tests on you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mind being a lab rat for a couple months? Right. Well, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better today. That's good. A little bit. Still, are, are you getting out? Are you getting out in the sun? Because I because I I heard Can't that, that was, I, I heard that that was a uh, <laughs> good point. Uh, I heard that that was a deal. So when I had it, I tr I tried to force myself to get outside, and I swear it helped me. I did earlier, um, and it's I told my the son the same thing, and it helped. And, and it, he swear it helped. I mean, literally, they were they were doing this in the hospitals. They were literally rolling patients' you know beds over by the window so they could try and get some vitamin D because yeah. early on they thought that that was something that would help. And when I laid outside for you know, I, I, again, I was not feeling good at all, so I tried to get out even for fifteen to twenty minutes. I swear it helped. Yeah, it's just the pollen. I was outside earlier, kind of walking around. The pollen's so thick right now. Oh, yeah. So yeah, when I had it back in January, it was, yeah, we didn't have to worry about the pollen. Well, good. You're getting plenty of fluids, obviously. That's yeah, good. Gatorade. Yeah. And we were, we were talking about kind of lasting effects. And for me, it, it really, the only thing that, that affected me was was coffee. And this happened to a buddy of mine. Um, buddy of mine lives out in Oklahoma. And he, I mean, he would start his days, a big guy. I mean, just a big old country guy. Just awesome dude. Been friends for a long time. But he would start every single morning. By going to Quick Shop or whatever, 7-Eleven, and getting a mug. I'm talking like one of those big 64-ounce <laughs> things. Well, yeah. I mean, not 64 ounces, but I mean a huge mug of just black coffee. And uh, we worked together in pharmaceutical sales for a couple of years. And I'm telling you, I, he was a grizzly bear in the morning. I wouldn't even talk to him until we got there. <laughs> and uh, and when he got COVID, uh, he, was, he got it early back in 2020. Yeah. Um, he has not drank coffee since we went to the Iowa Penn state game together. We, we met in Iowa city. First time I'd seen him in a couple of years. And, uh, I said, I, I said, I said, big herf. I said, I know the rule. Our mornings start with coffee. I'm not talking to you until you have it. And he laughed and, uh, he said, dude, he's like, I can't even drink coffee anymore Wow. ever since then. And that was the one thing that affected me when I drank coffee, it tasted like metal. Yeah. Um, everything else, like Kathy made me soup, and you know, I, I could taste the soup, but there were a couple things that that you know, of liquids that when I would drink, it would taste like metal. It's terrible. It's no, I would say for at least a year after I got it in 2020, everything that I tasted, it wasn't just one thing. Everything, the initial taste that I had of any food, liquid, what have you, would be metallic, and then it would kind of that metallic taste would kind of disappear and it would kind of fade into the food, yeah. but it wasn't very strong because I still couldn't smell. And that last my smell, I went without smell, I would say for six months where I had zero smell. And so taste was so muted. You know, I should have been eating so healthy. I mean, I, I joke <laughs> about it, but I really should have been right. 
Yeah. Like, I don't eat healthy because I can't stand broccoli. I can't stand Brussels sprouts. I can't, I just don't like the taste of certain things. Right. And, you know, I should have been just shoveling broccoli down my throat because I wasn't able to taste much. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine who did that. Just ate a bunch of vegetables and fruit. He's like, Dude, right? That's stuff. what I should have been doing. I mean, fruit, I, I, I don't, I like, but I just don't eat enough of it. But yeah, some of the vegetables that I need to be yeah. eating, I just, and, and for me to like to, to make broccoli to where I can eat it, just, you know, I'm putting cheese sauces on it. All, you know, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's, it, at that point, it's ruined, right? Right. Yeah. That's exactly how I do it. Yeah, fry it in bacon grease. <laughs> That's the thing. I love green beans with bacon yes. in it. Yeah, and bacon grease. Yeah, and that totally defeats the purpose of any benefits at all the green beans. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, I'm glad you're feeling at least a little bit better today and hope Julie feels better too. I'm not I'm not as hopped I'm more, up. I'm on... more concerned with, with Julie than I am with you. Yeah, I am too, actually. I'm <laughs> I'm not as hopped up on cold meds as I was when we did our show Monday night. I still don't remember what God. I said. Well, that that's that was the next thing I was going to bring up. Huge shout out to Doug. He was he was awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I've had I've had moments like that, just like you were talking about, where I've I've done broadcasts before, where I've been I've been really sick, and later in the week I'm like, God dang it! Like I don't even remember doing that game. And you <laughs> and you said you felt that way after Monday's show. Yeah, I was I, I literally the next day I woke up and I was like, I really can't recall a lot of what I said last night. I mean, I know that we were talking and we were laughing, and I I remembered that you know you're. You went down for a second, but I don't really remember what we talked about. You know, I, I think yeah. I went on some diatribe about teams needing to play together more or something, but I don't, you know, I couldn't. It was actually, it was actually that, that, that part of it was actually excellent analysis. <laughs> Seriously. Like I, I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, this is impressive. Like Bernie was bringing it. Just, yeah. I was impressed. That was good stuff. I was just, like, wow. Like I had to stop the show for a second. I'm like that way was, to go. That was really, really good. Mucinex and a couple other things combined. I was just, I was loopy. Well, there you go. That's your new thing. Every time we do a show, you'll just start it with a yeah. shot of Mucinex. Yeah. It'll, it'll drain you. Uh, but shout out to Doug Coombs who joined us on ACL live. That, that was, was that, that was, that, that was awful. I mean, you know, we talk about anxieties R really. I love doing the show, but the biggest anxiety I have doing the show other than the feeling that we feel like we're going to piss off our, someone in our family um is is the internet connection just the yeah. wi-fi because i know it's just oh I, I always feel like we're walking on ice doing these things right and you've had issues with your computer my computer is old most of the time it works but here we go sure enough the first time trey calls <laughs> he's out of town emergency situation he's like well not emergency he was going on vacation but he quickly needed to find someone to fill in for him and, you know, he reaches out and, you know, can you fill and do the show? I'm like, sure, I'll do it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. So it's ACL live. Yeah. And so the first wow. time that we do it, I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to ACL live alongside Bernie and Doug. I'm Jeff. Gone. <laughs> Humiliating. Yeah. And again, my worst fears realized the first time we are doing a live show. Well, that, that's what made Doug, I do remember that. And that's what was so great about having Doug there. Cause I knew all I could add, you know, it was pretty simple at that point. Like Doug talk Canada. Yeah. You know? And he was like, that was, he was a good, he was a good anchor. He was, he was good to have on the show. Cause otherwise yeah. I would have just been sitting there waiting for you to come back. Talk. Yeah. He probably could have done it himself. We, we could have, we could have probably <laughs> orchestrated it behind the scenes where yeah. our internet went out. Yeah. It's an hour of you, Doug. Have at it. Sorry, Doug. For some reason, our Wi-Fi doesn't seem to be working tonight. 
Well, you know what was funny about you know one thing I do remember? I was kind of joking about Canada, you know, kind of taking a shot at Saskatchewan because not a lot of people live in that area of Canada. And yeah. I was just kind of joking. It was but funny. apparently there's there's a little bit of beef up there between a couple of different groups. I really wasn't aware of that. And that other group, I think, is based in Saskatchewan. So I think that like probably hit a nerve with some people. <laughs> Look at you always starting shit. You're but just by always yeah, right? starting shit. That's how I roll. Even in Canada. Even in Canada. Taking the it nice across people the border. Up in, <laughs> nice yeah, people up in Canada. Those poor people. You're roasting them. Um, hey, have you ever been to Vancouver? Speaking of Canada. No, the only place in Canada I have been is Ottawa. Back, back when I was in the minor leagues, when I was in the uh, AAA International League, I was doing, uh, for five years, I spent, uh, yeah, it was five years with the Norfolk Tides, the Mets AAA yeah. affiliate. So one of the teams that we played, and I don't think they're in the league anymore, but one of the teams we played was the Ottawa Lynx, which was the Expos affiliate. And then when the Expos went out, then I think it became, um, I think, a I think uh, Cleveland affiliate, their triple A. Oh. But anyway, so we went to Ottawa every year, once or twice. So we went to Ottawa. The capital. But, but nice. that's, yeah, that's the only place in Canada I've been. I've really wanted to go to Toronto and Vancouver. I've heard, I've heard they're, they're, I've heard Toronto. Like when you talk to Major League Baseball players, um, back in the day, I mean, back in the 90s and early 2000s, back when I was kicking it around in the, in the minor leagues, uh, if you talk to any Major League Baseball player, their their favorite cities to go to were Montreal when the Expos were there and Toronto. They loved going up there. I have heard that Montreal is a little bit like going to Europe without oh. having to go to Europe. Interesting. And yeah. Vancouver looks beautiful. I've never been, but it looks Yeah, beautiful. Vancouver looks awesome. I've really wanted to go. But one day. Right. You know, we, we forget there's so much stuff that's here. I know. You know, I, I have like, you know, friends that, oh, do the Europe thing or they want to go here or they want to go there. And it's like. Pretty big country we have here. You should check it out. Yeah, Kathy and I have been talking about that recently because, you know, I'm not sure how safe it is. I've, I've always had the desire to travel internationally a little bit. I don't not necessarily be a world traveler, but it's a lot of places I've wanted to go. Sure. But, you know, who knows now with our world getting more and more dangerous. But that's what Kathy and I were talking about. Like, if there's a lot of cool places to go just in the United States and Mexico and Canada. Yeah, it's all right here. I've never but been I mean, to Mexico. Yeah. But I mean, I've been to Mexico as far as like Cancun. You know, I yeah, haven't I've done never like, even been there. I haven't done like, you know, real. I mean, not that that's not real Mexico, but I don't, you know, it's not like Mexico City or anything like that. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd really, I mean, actually, I've heard that's a pretty crazy place. It's one of the largest cities in the world, actually, Mexico City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some seriously dangerous areas from what I've, what I've heard. Sure. Not, not that there's not anywhere, but yeah. Yeah, well, if you don't know, you know what you're doing. I guess you could get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the that's the same in a lot of major cities. Right. Exactly. So, well, speaking of international, again, Doug Doug was was great, and this whole this whole Canada Open that's coming up not this weekend but the weekend after. Um, I loved what he had to say, and and just and he just he he was very real with his expectations. You know, while there's yeah. going to be several ACL pros who are going to play in it, and they will be hands down the favorites he's just looking at this as a barometer because he's going to get a chance to see dozens of players from across the country of canada for the first time and just to see kind of a barometer of where the skill level is at right um you know for these aspiring pros up north of the border so that'll, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to watch i think it's cool for them like and i think he kind of set it up well remember i, I see it's actually coming back to me the more we talk about it 
But talking about what it was like, you know, a few years ago, the first time they came to a big ACL event in Cherokee and, you know, just how they just got pasted by mm. everyone they played. Right. It wasn't, you know, yeah. four or five rounds, games are over. And then each year incrementally, they get a little bit better, a little bit better. And so I think the same thing is now happening in Canada. Right. You have certain areas that have been playing for a while, so they're better than other areas. But mm -hmm. Those areas are coming along and getting better and getting better. And I think cornhole is just like any other sport, any other game. The only way to get better is a practice and B play against better people. Yeah, for sure. Cause if you, you know, being a big fish in a small pond is cool and all, but when you have to travel away from your pond, you know, it can get a little rough. So it's, yeah. you know, I think that's why a lot of those guys like to come, you know, across the border into the States and play when they can and play some of the, you know, and some of the pro, some of the pro backyards to kind of get that practice against really, really top level players. Cause it's, yeah. it's the only way you can get better. It's, and, it, and, you know, talk to people, find out, you know, what it is, how they honed their game, you know, learn the skill sets. Yeah. And then one of the other obvious things that you guys talked about that uh, is obvious, but um, it's, it, it was a great point that you guys brought up is just, I guess you can call it playability. And that's what Doug talked about. I mean, up in Canada, obviously the weather is really crappy and they just don't have a chance to play, but now they're starting to have more indoor facilities, yep. places where they can go pop up across the country where people can actually go play. You know, and you, you brought up a great point down in Florida. You can play pretty much every day in Canada. You can't obviously. So Doug said they're starting to really be able to find places to play, which obviously helps. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's, you know, and, and the bigger the sport gets, the more it makes sense for those facilities to rent that space to cornhole and to give up that space to cornhole. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think before that they're like, ah, you know, maybe we can get, you know, some hockey in here or something else. And yeah. they're like, you know, why not, why not throw, you know, a, you know, cornhole weekend in here, take up some of this space. Yeah. So that's good. Cause it takes, I mean, you got to numbers of bags, man, unless you're a savant, you know, like some of these kids that we see, unless you're just an absolute savant with the game, you've got to get bags in. Right. right yeah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Like you said, just like any other sport. Yeah, I am uh, I am fired up for Salt Lake City, man. I was talking to Stacy on the I phone for a little bit yesterday. And we're just in like we're just in in, in really about the only lull of the season. Right. Now, right. now granted, there's an open in Rhode Island this weekend, but as far as nationals go and shootouts, it's like this yeah. is this is kind of our last lull because once Salt Lake City hits, it's on, Boom. brother. I mean, yeah. it is on. I mean, we will be gone pretty much every weekend with the remaining national the world championships and then all the, the, shootouts. All the shootouts. Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel like we're in like this low and I, I can't wait to get out to Salt Lake city. I mean, there's so many people I want to see play. I was thinking to myself today. What, what if I were to ask you over under, so, so there's two more nationals and a world and the world championships, right? Mm -hmm. What if I were to ask you number of additional champ, number of additional singles championships, Matt guy wins. In the remaining two nationals in the world, what if I put the over under at one? Wow, that's a really good question, Jeff. <sighs> singles titles for Matt Guy. Singles titles for Matt Guy. You want me to go first? Yeah, I don't I do. think you'll win another singles. I was sitting here in my head. I, I, I think I think one is the number. I think so too. I would take the under. I, I think he gets if he gets more, it'll be one. What, just, what, what, yeah, actually, actually, I should say, actually, I should say, let's let's put it at a half. Let's put it at 0.5. I'll go over 0.5. So you think he'll win one more single? I think he gets one more. Yeah. And I, I, 
I, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's the world championship. I thought about that too when I was thinking it, you know, just over in my own head that I could see him get shut out in the next two nationals. I mean, not shut out, just not win. Yeah, I mean, he'll end up win, being in a bracket final bit. or, you know, get he'll make TV and lose to yeah. one of the kids, you know, but he's going to be there. He's going to be in the mix. It's you just know, I, so difficult. It's it's like golf. I mean, it, it really is. I know we make this analogy. All, well, I make this analogy all the time. But to me, in my mind, it is. It's so damn difficult to win. And again, this is not a knock on Matt. I love not. watching him play. Love watching his game. He is no doubt uh, dominant. And and I and and I remember when I first started in this game, when I would go around and ask everyone who's who's the greatest players before I even knew who Matt guy was. And it was before he was playing, you know, on the ACL on a full-time basis again, like he is now. Everyone kept telling me about this guy, Matt guy, Matt guy, this Matt guy, that you got to see Matt guy, you know, mm-hmm. cause at the time I'm like, is Jamie Graham the best? Like they're like, Bo, you know, that's how <laughs> essentially started. you haven't seen Matt guy, dude, you got to see Matt guy, you know, brother, you got to see Matt guy. So once I finally got a chance to see him and follow him over the last two years, it's been, it's been awesome. But yeah. you know, you get a Matthew Creek killer. Who comes, tough, you know, who comes tough, up and, and wins it, right? Alex it's, Hicks beats Matt Guy earlier this season at an open. I mean, it's really hard to win. So I was thinking to myself, so I'm like, if difficult. I was a betting man, I would say zero. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get one. I, I think deep down, I think he loves the fact of how good everyone is now. I think he loves it. I, You know, he doesn't win maybe as much, even though he's still deep. I mean, it's hard to win. At this at this level, I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's really really difficult, and he's always there. He's always in the mix. It's not like he's you know kind of middle of the bracket and out. I mean, he's always you know playing right around the end, you know, for his bracket to get to the broadcast. So he's always there. But I think he loves it. Yeah. I do. I think he loves the fact that he's got to grind now. He doesn't get just walkthroughs, and the fact that he's still getting as deep as he's getting, I think, speaks volumes about Matt. Because the yeah. competition level now is so extraordinary, and he's still getting deep, and he only throws essentially two shots. When all these kids have yep. all these variables, you know, different variants in their game, and he's got two shots. I I really hope, and we talk about the target, you know, the proverbial target on his back, which is which is a thing. We, you know, we talked to a lot of the top players in the sport about it. It's definitely yeah. a thing. Mike Morton, I heard him talking about this around the ACL, I think two weeks ago, and I hope we follow through with this, is, you know, we we talk about PPR, we talk about DPR, we talk about four-bag percentage. I want to know opponents' PPR against Matt Guy. Yeah. And Mike Morton was kind of talking about that. I caught just a little bit of it, but I think he was talking about starting to track that. I would love to know what Matt Guy's opponent's PPR is because I bet that number is through the roof because he is getting everyone's best effort mm-hmm. every time they play. I I think that stat would actually be misleading, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, I tra- yeah tra- in- Trey, kind of, Trey kind of pushed back on it, so yeah. Be- because I think in the early rounds, he's still getting some people that are afraid of Matt Guy. So their PPR isn't going to be as high. So that's going to drag down his P- their PPR. And you don't the think old- they're even playing up? You don't think I mean they're trying, but point? they're intimidated by him. I mean, I'm talking about some of the, you know, when you know, now that you know the rankings are kind of set and the brackets yeah. are set due to your ranking, he's getting people early that are a lot lower in the rankings and are kind of intimidated by him. So they want to play their best, but sometimes 
they're kind of giving up five points before they've even stepped on the board. You know what I mean? And another thing is, you know, people say you can't block Matt Guy, you can't block Matt Guy. Well, really, the only way to beat Matt Guy is you have to block him. Mm. And if he has a great airmail game, so be it. But you can't just go slide hole for hole with Matt Guy, you're going to lose. So that's going to lower the points a little bit when you're dirtying up the game. So I. Not that now that yeah that's a good point if you if you're going for the dirty block you're right you know you're you're trying but, to you know your, what you know what maybe maybe a better maybe to maybe to combat the, I don't know I'm not I'm no not no I know where you're going this, though maybe because... maybe opponents maybe opponent maybe head for head DPR throughout yeah, I, throughout I, a throughout a tournament to maybe kind of I know where, I know where you're going because I kind of agree with you once he gets through the first two rounds in a bracket. Yeah. I think then he's getting everyone's Everyone. best shot from, yeah. you know, players that are top, top level pros and he's getting everyone's best game and the types of shots he's having to hit to win games mm-hmm. is extraordinary. Yeah. And they are forcing him to stay at such a high level. And that's another thing. Like, you know, I think about myself, if like, let's say I'd played this game my whole life, there's no way I could compete on that level because my ability to focus just isn't good enough to do it all day. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things about our sport, I mean, they're playing for hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hours and hours. Now I understand the bag only weighs a pound, but you start throwing, you know, you're how many times are, and you're, you know, you're on, but some of these surfaces aren't, you know, aren't friendly. You know, the concrete sometimes that we mm-hmm. have to play, you know, the, it wears on you just yeah. hours and hours. And to be able to maintain that level of focus is extraordinary to me. Yeah, but anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that yeah, Mike, Mor- Mike Morton brought that up. I, I, I think see... it's a, I think it's an interesting point for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does, what he does with that. I, All right, you want you want to get you want to go ahead. No, I'd like to see some of those stats from because I think there's some players this season, and I can't think of. I'm trying to think of somebody because I saw a stat that their their opponent's PPR was just through the roof. Like I think there's a couple of snake bitten players this year that aren't playing poorly. Uh. Yeah. They're just running into buzzsaws almost every match they play. There, there's yeah. a similar, there's a similar thing that happens in baseball, right? Where you can get a pitcher whose ERA is two point eight five, but he's you know five and eleven on the year because right. he just doesn't get any offensive support. Right. So there are stats in baseball that tell you what your team does when you're on the mound as far as offensive production by your team when you're yep. the starting pitcher. And you're right, there are some guys, some starting pitchers, some yeah. just get snake bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be interesting to follow. So, so I love as the sport is evolving, all these different metrics that are coming up. I mean, it's, gonna be, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's, you know, and like when we first put the tablets out, everyone hated the tablets. Right. And it's like, this is the whole point of it. You're trying, we're trying. For sure. And, and to be honest, one of the reasons why I think it was really brought up to begin with is you have to have these metrics to create gambling odds. Exactly. Yep. And, and you know, without it, you can't do it. So you know, I think that was the big, you know, impetus behind it. But I mean, I think I, as a player, I would want to know, wouldn't you? I would want to know all of it. Absolutely. But but I'm a but but again, and this might come from my baseball background. I'm a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. Me too. I love it, yeah. and and that's why I love Anthony and and talking to him, Anthony right? and and talking to him and and watching his stuff on on the internet. I love that just geeky, getting the weeds, breaking down the number stuff. I love let that me, shit. Let me ask you a question. 
when I when I do the live stream stuff and I work with Anthony, I find it so hard because I, you know, because I'm kind of goofy and I want to talk and get silly sometimes. That's not happening with Anthony. I know. He'll shut you down. Shut down. He's talking yeah. that match and he's giving facts, figures all the time. And it's like, I don't want to get in his way, but, you know, it's like, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, no. He gets so locked in that I yeah, could tell awesome. him that I had fried squirrel with ketchup for lunch. And big, he'd be big facts, Jeff. By the way, he's throwing you know, he's, he's, and he's he's on it, man. And I, I'm, yes. I, I'm intimidated in. by it a little bit, to be honest with you. Locked because in. I like even if I like even the numbers I know, I know are on the foothills of his knowledge, right? Yeah. You know what, Bernie? And this and this is a great segue into because let's get to it. Let's get to uh, meet Jeff and Bernie. Oh, um, okay. But this this is this is a great segue into and a perfect example, dude. You just got to be you. You do you. When when I'm on the air with Trey, I got to do me. I right. just do. Trey is smarter than I am. He knows the game better than I do. But I just hope that there are some things that I bring bring to the broadcasts: conversationalism, everyday manism. Right. Um. You know, that that I'm hoping adds to the show. So I just I just have to do me. Same thing with Anthony. You know, when I'm working with Anthony. I'm just trying to be professional. I'm trying to bring up points. I'm trying to ask good questions. I mean, that that's I think that's the biggest thing yeah. when you're working with someone like that, because that happens with me with football and basketball all the time. I, I sit there. I'm like, OK, if I'm a fan right now and and I, let, let's let's say I'm broadcasting a game like with Nate Ross, Nate, Nate's former coach. I do yeah. a lot of uh, I do a lot of Coastal Carolina games with him. He's he's breaking down saying, wow, they've gone to a triangle and two defense. And he starts talking about. So I'm thinking to myself, all right. If I'm listening to this broadcast at home, what question would I have for him? Sometimes that's what do you mean by triangle and two? You know, and and he right. will he will set it up. One guy's at the free throw line, two other guys are down at the post, mm -hmm. and then you take your two best defenders and put them on the two best players on, on the other team. That's triangle right. and two on the defense. So so when I'm broadcasting with Trey and Anthony, a lot of times it's the same thing. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm somebody at home watching cornhole you know, maybe intermediate player or beginner, what, what question would I want to ask this person right now? And that's, and that's what I try to do. I just try and pick their brains and you really need to do it. You have to do because it. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. And the hard thing about it, like when I'm, when we're streaming, I know the people that are watching the live streams are cornhole people. Yeah. It makes it a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? Because you're not, you know, on ESPN, you are, you're, you're having to deal with average sports fan guy or girl that yeah. for whatever reason, either they, they've kind of gotten into it or they were flipping through and got caught by it because that's what happens with major television. You're having to be able, you can reach out to those people and talk to them in those, in that sense. Mm -hmm. If I ask a question for Anthony and, and during a live stream about why someone would throw a block, that seems silly. You know still I mean? get a lot of new players though, Bernie. There's still a lot of that's new true. eyeballs out there. That's true. No, that's very true. It's just, I, I don't want to say something that's so, What's the, what's the, it's, it's so elementary. I don't want to waste yeah. his time. Does I know. that make sense? Yeah. I, I just, I, I struggle sometimes with what to do because you're right. I think asking questions is the best way to kind of let him show off because that yeah. knowledge is extreme. And I like, I liked it. I like I, where I he guess, goes, man. Yeah. And I guess I'm not, I guess I'm not afraid of asking stupid questions sometimes because I mean, I, I've been in the game now for two years, right? Two, two and a half years. And there's still a lot of stuff I don't know. So I don't if I don't know something, I don't care. If it if it seems elementary to somebody else, right. I don't care, man. I just don't. I will I will flat out ask him. Like I had Trey just recently, or maybe it was Anthony. I think it was the first national year when we were doing team 
when we were doing uh, you know digital broadcasts of the team. It was early this year. Um, anyway, I can't remember, but it was early this year. And I and I said, let let's go through you know walk me through the the level blocks again. Yeah, you know, exactly awesome. exactly what you mean level one through level. We don't have to go through level one through level six. Tell me about the different levels and why you would want to try and execute different level of blocks. And even though, yes, that is probably elementary to a lot of our players, I've been in the game for two years, two and a half right. years. I right. wanted a little refresher. Tell me why this is what, why is this important? Why do we talk about this? Why, right. why would you, you know, what's a level floor for block? Explain to me exactly what that looks like on the board. And Trey or Anthony, whoever it was, did a great job talking about the dimensions of the bag and how they fit down the board in relation to the hole. I mean, it was it was great. I mean, it's just a good yeah. conversation. So I, I guess I, I don't just assume that every person that's watching those broadcasts is an expert. Right. No, no. And I, that's what I'm like. And that's awesome. I, I just I, I think I'm assuming too much with the streaming because. I mean, let's face it. Who's really on online watching a cornhole event other than? Yeah, it's a, yeah. obviously it's a lot of people who know it. Yeah. But, but it's a lot of people who are early in their careers who are trying to take true. the next step, who are trying Especially to become experts now. too. That's, yeah. that's very true. And like, yeah. But I love talking to Anthony because think about it, you know, level one, two, like Anthony created that. Yeah, I love Those it. Those are Anthonyisms. Those are his. Yeah. Those are his babies. So I think it's super cool that someone's basically coming up with their own tech terminology that's becoming sport-wide terminology. That's really cool. I, I have yet to be able to do that. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's literally. Wait, it's didn't y'all? Didn't you and Trey come up the pulley bush? <laughs> the pulley bush. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. And the fact and the fact that the fact that Trey has just totally owned it and yeah. now it's become a thing is yeah. just hilarious. The pulley bush. Yeah, that was a good one. Bush. Um. All right. So all right. So speaking of that, and I'm telling you, you just need to be you. Um. I know, I know there were some things you wanted to talk about here on Meet Jeff and Bernie as far as anxiety, social anxiety, that kind of stuff. Do you want to get into that now or no? We, I mean, we got 10 minutes, eight minutes off. We got time. I don't know if you're in the mood to get into that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I've it's something I've dealt with for a super long time, and it's it's not something I've really ever talked about. Um, but, you know, there's been moments where I've missed certain things at some of the nationals when we've been on the road. Mm -hmm. And it's because my of just having those kind of attacks. And it it manifests physically for me where I'll like, get physically ill. And, you know, it's it's, it's hard to deal with because I, I've, I've taken medicine for it in the past. But, man, that is flatline stuff. Mm. You know, you're like you don't really feel human anymore. You're just kind of you don't get too far up. You don't get too far down. You're just kind of there. You know, you're not I, I don't feel like myself. And I'm not a manic person. It's not anything like that. It's just, you know, you're not really experiencing life, really. You're just kind of zoning out. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's very enjoyable. So it's almost worth feeling kind of terrified at times. And I, and I know, and the reason I've, I I thought about it, wanted to bring it up, was because uh, Naomi Osaka and, God, what's the other female tennis player? Is it her that's had the same issues? I know. Yeah, I don't know the name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah. you know, and it's funny because I'm on the side. Well, look, you're making millions and millions of dollars. You have to go through that stuff. But I understand where she's coming from. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not that you think that harm is going to come your way. You just literally get terrified. And it's and like and, and the fact that we I'm doing this with the ACL for a living, talking to people. Yeah. And I get scared to death and it's, 
I don't know, people that have met me at tournaments, like I don't drink as much as I used to. Right. So mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to deal with all that stuff when you're drunk all the time. Right. You know, like, oh, man, Bernie seems like such a nice guy. It's because I've had three or four drinks. Yeah. You know, but I don't really do that much anymore. So now people are like, guys, yeah, being kind of standoffish and weird. And it's like, no, I'm just not really as personable as everyone thinks I am because, you know, I'm not drinking all the time. So again, I don't know how much you want to talk about this. So what is, what is your fear? It's just nervousness, Jeff. It just, it starts to build yeah. and it's not necessarily panic attacks, but you just get terrified. You mm -hmm. don't want to be around people. The last thing on earth is being around people. You'd rather sit in a dark room than be around people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird. It's hard to explain to people. I mean, you know, you know, I've had friends and I've tried to discuss it and they always kind of blow it off. Like, well, I mean, everyone feels that's like, no, they don't. Because <laughs> if everyone did feel that way, you wouldn't see anybody walking around outside. Yeah. Well, I agree that we all feel that way, but not to the level that you're talking about. Because, like, you know, phys physically manifesting itself into where I'm vomiting. Right. You know, where it's like I, I, my body is basically taking control of the situation and shutting me down. Like, is it because is it because. Is it because it's, you I mean, have high expectations? I mean, I, all right. So, all right. I really I spent, don't know. I spent, man. I, I'm not. I'm not claiming to be a doctor. I'm not. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I, for two years, you know, I think maybe we've talked about this. For two years, I worked for Forest Pharmaceuticals, and my, one of my one of my products that, that we sold was Lexapro, which was, at the time was like a four billion dollar drug, and one of the top antidepressants, anti anxiety medications on the it. market. On the market. Um, so we learned a lot about neuroscience. It wasn't until I went through that book boot camp and learned about that 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 I learned about the synapses. I mean, th there is there is a chemical imbalance that can cause that. On the other side, there are also you know fears um, that you're that you're able to to conquer by talking about it, by seeing somebody, by yeah. doing different uh, you know by by having a mental coach, by changing your mindset. So, you know, there's different levels of this that you're talking about. So, I mean, I don't know if you've talked to someone. about I, it, but... I have. I should be med like, and this sounds quirky, but I should be meditating. I should be practicing mindfulness. I've heard that. I've heard that's I've heard that's such a huge benefit. Because I've done it before yeah. and it's helped me and it, it allows, you know, to kind of center yourself. I should be doing all these things, but I'm not. And so I need to really get back into that because my yeah. mind can go crazy. I mean, my mind's a million miles an hour all the time. Yeah. And when it starts to get down a dark path like that, it's kind of hard to control. But then that's all you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Right. You're trying to control something that's uncontrollable. And it's just, you know, you're, you're it's just a rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's something that I think that I now need to really get a hold of because it's affecting things. Mm -hmm. I think in the past I've been able to kind of hide it. Right. Or or mask it by drinking too much. You know, and I just you know, too old to drink, you know, I'm not, I'm not 25 anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've got to, I've got to get back to find ways to make it better. Well, if you feel, if you feel like changing your mindset is going to help and you haven't tried it yet, then yeah, you, you need to try it. Can I, can I just tell you just a quick story? And, yeah. and, and um, so in real estate, right. One of the, one of the reasons why I love being in real estate is because of the mental coaching that we go through. And, and they are huge, um, both companies that I've worked for and, and now especially my current company, big on mindset, affirmations, gratitudes. And I am such a skeptical person, right? Last year, 
for the first time, um, we, we took this, we took this ninja class and it's, and it's about changing your mindset. It's a one week, five day class and you're in there all day and it changes your mindset. It talks, it, 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 it is basically keys on making your mind successful and starting your day right. Mm-hmm. And dude, I went in there, <laughs> I'm like, whatever I'm here. Cause <laughs> I have to, this ain't going to work. Right. This is not me. Right? right. So last year, one of the things that they want you to do is a daily affirmation, whatever, whatever your, whatever your why of, of, you know, whatever your why is, whatever your purpose is, or even if it's a financial goal, right? For me, it was a financial goal. I've never been a rich guy. I've always wanted to make money because I've always felt like it'd be really cool to make money and be able to give back, whether it's to my family, to my community. That's always been a big goal of mine. So I said, okay, fine. If I'm going to do this and, and this just going to work, I'm going to do a financial goal. So, so the, the instructor said, think of a number now, double that number and write that number down. I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm hitting that. <laughs> so, so I tweaked it and brought it down a little bit. Right. Which was Ooh. still a number I've never made in my life. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying I make a ton of money cause I don't, but this number was higher than I'd ever made before. I wrote it 25 times a day. You're supposed to do it all year. I didn't, I did it for like two and a half or three months. Bernie. I hit the number this year. Really? When I did my tax return, I hit like within a thousand dollars of hitting that number that I wrote down on that piece of paper for two and a half months to start 2021. Check you out. So, so my, my thing is we got 30 seconds left. This always freaking happens, dude. <laughs> Let's talk about this next week. Okay. But, oh, yeah. but the thing is, is that because I, I seriously, like I want to help you with this. And I think a lot of people can help you. It is, it's a mindset thing. If you write things down start your day positively, write things down. It works. You know, what do you want to make? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Visualize yourself being successful. Visualize beating the anxiety. Visualize beating the fear and being yourself. And you're going to do it. It happens. It works. I'm telling you, it just does. All right, we got to go. I'm 10 seconds over. I'm sorry. I totally railroaded the last three minutes. I'm an asshole. It's all all good. (laughs) Next week. Let's continue. To be continued. All right, brother. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. I'm in. Thanks, everybody. Sorry we got to (laughs) go. Bye.